Welcome to Bulls Bros, a Chicago Bulls podcast hosted by two bros. Um, I'm Alex in Los Angeles, joined by my bro and brother, Max, in Chicago. Hello, Max. Hello, Alex in Los Angeles. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Very much so. And here we are to discuss a Chicago Bulls news bulletin. We have finally traded uh, power forward Larry Markkinen, a restricted free agent, uh, this summer to the Cleveland Cavaliers, as it turns out, in a three-team deal that um, winds up giving us back Derek Jones Jr. on a one-year $9.72 million contract, uh, a 2022 lottery-protected first-round pick from Portland, and a 2023 uh, Denver Nuggets second-round pick that we get from Cleveland. The Cavaliers get Markkanen, the Trailblazers get Larry Nance Jr., a better player, who is under contract for two more years at $10.69 million and $9.67 million. And, uh, yeah, that is the deal. Uh, the final year of Larry Markkinen's four-year $67 million deal um, is only uh, partially guaranteed, only $6 million guaranteed in that last year. Um, the Cavaliers now have a weird front court, which we can talk about. But anyway, the point is, he is gone, and we have a new bull. So, Max, what do you think about this deal? I love this deal. I think uh, this is very impressive maneuvering. I did not think we would get this much back for Larry Markkinen. I mean, if we're being honest, he's a seven-footer who plays like he's 6'2". Um, he can't rebound. He doesn't block shots. He can't move laterally. All he can do is shoot threes. Um, and, like, honestly, he couldn't even stay on the court. And we were a shitty team. So let's just be real about it. I I love how they are clearing house, getting rid of, taking out the trash. And um, I was very surprised. I mean, we were able to get a first-round pick and a player who I think will help us right now because he plays defense and has athletic, and he's 6'5", but he's a 7-foot wingspan coming off the bench, basically a Patrick Williams backup, more or less. Um, and he's got an expiring contract, and it's $9.79 million, which is very tradable. And so now we have the second-round pick. You know, how valuable is that? Debatable, but you get a first-rounder, and you get, um, you know, Derek Jones Jr. So you got some maneuverability for more options to, to make moves. So um, I like this deal. I think we got a lot back. I don't think we could have gotten more in this scenario that would have made sense. Um, what do you think about it? Well, okay, so there's one thing. Uh, well, two things I want to say. First of all, the, the, it was a good point about marketing. Uh, marketing can't stay on the floor. Um, the, yeah, what is Cleveland doing? Yeah, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy <laughs> sign for Cleveland. I love it for them. It's so dumb. They spent twenty five million dollars on on Jared Allen for four years. They gave him a hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollars. A guy that was literally thrown away by the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. He's never going to be an all star, Jared. Allen. No, I just paying him a hundred million dollars over four years, and they just put their number two their draft pick on Evan Mobley. I guess uh, they were the third pick, right? So right. they took Evan Mobley, who I really do like. People but love is, him very duplicative in my opinion to have with him and jared allen that much investment and they have i don't know kevin love who is like a ridiculously overpaid center and there's some rumors about buyout but apparently no nothing on the front yet that's ironed out so i mean i, I don't really understand what's going on i feel like they felt like they had a quota of like i know that they didn't have enough spacing um last year and they feel like they need some scoring punch and they think um, having Lowry will help with um, spacing the floor for, for Sexton and Garland. 
but they don't really play defense either. So I guess I just don't get it. Like, if you're going to invest resources, uh, I think you could do it more wisely. But look, like, Larry Nance Jr. is a better player and less expensive. Yep. So <laughs> that's what I don't understand. Does not make any sense. <laughs> like, you had a player who was better and less expensive and half the price. Well, okay, so I will say that the reason that it, it makes sort of a little sense is that they think Mobley is more of a project, I guess, and they think marketing is is ready to contribute now and, and has a higher ceiling than Larry Nance Jr. does, which I would have maybe agreed with after his first season. But any time after that, clearly not. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have agreed with that three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we should say Bill, Bill Simmons loves Larry Markkinen. So does Sam Smith. They both think he has like an all-star ceiling, which is insane to me. <laughs> so so Markkinen, he's been hurt um, at least 14 games every year. And then really, it was 14 games the first year and then at least 20 games every year after that. Um, you know, that's four seasons. It's not a small sample size. Uh, the guy can't stay healthy in addition to all the other issues that he has. And, yes, he's a career 36.6% three-point shooter, which is about league average. So not that amazing. 6.1 attempts a game, pretty high volume, so you can rely on that, you know. But it's not like he's Duncan Robinson or uh, Joe Harris or something. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, and they don't have to defend power forwards and centers. Right, yeah. Joe Harris sort of— You can't hide him on defense. Yeah, exactly. Jarrett is kind of a 3-4, so he, he switches to the easier guy. Yeah, anyway, um, what do I think about the deal? I think the deal is okay. So I just did the math, by the way. $18 million a year for 60 games, because that's the assumption is that he's going to play 60 games, because past history is the best indicator of future results. And he's going to get paid $300,000 a game. Amazing. And so the guy, you so know. you're going to pay him $300,000 a game, and I'm, I'm still not sure he's going to help you. In the games that he plays. Unclear if he's good. <laughs> I don't understand this move. I, I love it because it's stupid and it's a you know another player, you know, another team in the East. You don't have to worry about. Meanwhile, I like this for the Blazers. I like this for the Blazers. Well, that's the thing, right? The best player in the deal went to the Blazers. Right. I think Larry Nance Jr. would have been a perfect fit for us. You know, he can play a little three. He's, like, not that tall. He's, yeah, I think, six, I seven. But he's, you know, know, nominally he's used as a four. Uh, and, and he's, he's more versatile defensively. He's a good defender, um, and he can shoot uh, a little bit. A little bit. From three. Um, Derrick Jones Jr. can't shoot. Um, True. The whole reason that I think that we added Derrick Jones Jr. instead of just settling for Larry Nance um, Appears to be the flexibility of the expiring deal that Derrick Jones Jr. And has. And the first-round pick. Um, and the, the first-round pick from Portland. So, so yeah, that's the question, right? If we'd been open to just doing a straight-up deal for, like, a second-round pick in Larry Nance Jr. and Portland wasn't involved at all, would I like that more? Honestly, we wouldn't have that second-round pick because well, the, we're getting that from Cleveland. The pick's from Cleveland. I'm just saying if it was just us and Cleveland. So Larry Nance Jr. and the second-round pick for marketing straight up. No Derrick Jones, no first-rounder from Portland. That's out. This is my hypothetical. I think that's better. Like, I know we don't have a first-round pick that way, and that stinks. However, we clearly don't value first-round picks. The first-round picks for Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley, our front office brain trust, are clearly there to be traded, right? I think there's a bigger move in the works. That's what I think. A bigger move than this? Yes. Oh, oh, you're you're thinking of Derrick Jones Jr. as like a— Trade deadline expiring piece to, yes. as a part of a bigger deal. I think him and a first-round pick as part of a future trade. I mean, maybe. I, okay, that's the other thing, too. Derrick Jones Jr. is, like, 
severely overrated. <laughs> I think he's not even a rotation player, uh, really. Um, he, I think he's a rotation player. I, you know, on this team, yeah, only because he's on this team. He's better than Javante Green and Troy Brown Jr., but he's basically those players. You know, he's more of a three. He's he's longer. Yeah, he's, he's got a seven wingspan, and he's more athletic. Like, as someone who has watched all three of those guys play, he is much better. Yeah, but that's not saying much. Those guys are not that good. I know, but he's better. Yeah, he can't shoot. He can drive. He and plays he can, defense. He can defend. He does play he can defense. Defend, but, you know, he's such and a— And here's—I guess here's my point, okay? I see where the Bulls are going with this concepts, these concepts. They think that you can plug and play. So when the—if you watch, like, the best teams, they don't just have their starting lineup out there the whole—I mean— that it, they don't necessarily keep it as one unit. They they space their players out with different units. So if you have DeRozan on the floor, and you need like some additional defense, Zach's not on the floor. You know, like you can be more versatile. Derrick Jones Jr. fits in more lineups, um, and I like that he is defensive oriented. I think he can help. If you have a lot of the whole thing is you're gonna have a ton of spacing. You, you, I mean, you're complaining about him not shooting threes, but like. We right now our starting lineup, everybody can shoot threes. Yeah, and we have a couple no, guys no, no, off no. the That's bench not true. That's that not true. Threes. Who doesn't? The guy we're paying the most money. DeMar Rosen. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone else. Okay, the other four guys. I mean. Yeah, and that's okay. Four, four out of five, five is actually fine. It's just the defense is is rough, and it's tough to mix and match a guy who's but that's so the limited point, in offense. Is like, when you don't, with so offense heavy, but when there's a second unit, you can make it so they have defense and offense together. Yeah, but it's 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 guys that play one way. You he know, he can switch. That's the thing. Derrick Jones Jr. can can switch on a pick and roll, and I like that. I yeah, awesome. Good. I mean, like, okay, I don't think he's like the end of solution to our problems. I think he's going to get traded. But I guess my point is like, I think he and a first round pick are going to get traded. And I don't know what else is going to be involved in that deal. Maybe Kobe White, once he's back from shoulder surgery. Him, Derek Jones Jr., and a first-round pick for somebody. I don't know. I'm just not reporting it. I'm throwing it out there. Okay, okay. Let me say another thing with Derek Jones Jr. A couple more things, actually. I have a lot of thoughts about Go this guy. It. So um, he, he signed this two-year, $19 million deal with the Portland Trailblazers um, in 2020 after, um, you know, a decent season with the Heat, uh, but the big issue there is um, you have to look closer at the numbers, and not not just his like mediocre offensive stats. I'm not talking about that really. I'm more talking about uh, the minutes numbers. Um, so by the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, the Heat series against the Celtics, um, by Game Four he was out of the rotation. He uh, did not play in a win in Game Four after the Heat lost in game three, and he played 16 minutes for that Heat team. Um, and then he, the most he played after that um, was in the first game of the, the finals against the Lakers. He played seven minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, and he didn't even play in two of those games, and he only played for a minute and a half in the um, the other three. So Yeah, but they were playing Jimmy Butler like 45 minutes a night. Yeah, but there's a reason. Jimmy Butler uh, at 45 minutes a night is more valuable than Jimmy Butler at, you know, even like 40 one minutes a night with I know, you know but that's the thing is the they rest, ride Derek their Jones. guys and play them a ton of minutes in the playoffs. Right, but he wasn't good enough to spot Jimmy Butler for like five minutes a game. Yeah. I mean 
What? It, okay. Yeah. And then, so that's that, right? Um, We're not going to be in the finals. I, I'm just saying, like, what, what value does this guy have on a, on a good team? And now we're going to look closer at the numbers for Portland. For Portland, he was a rotation guy. Again, he's making, like, you know, um, not almost, that much money. Yeah, almost $10 million a season. It's not nothing, you know. Um, and he is out of the rotation for Terry Stotts, who's now the ex-Portland Trailblazers head coach. But at the time, uh, he was the coach. And he was out of the rotation by um, – the the end of April, um, about the the sixtieth game um, for Portland, he played four minutes forty eight seconds, and then after that he he suited up for twenty plus minutes uh, only twice, um, and other than that it was uh, about there were a couple games where he just didn't play at all, and then there were a couple games where he played five or six minutes or three or four minutes, basically out of the rotation for the last. Uh, twelve games of the season plus the playoffs. Um, I I don't I'm not following because I see he played in 58 games uh, in 2020 2021. Look at, at 22 minutes a game. Look at the game log from Basketball Reference. So that goes through every game. So game 60, his 53rd game of the season. That's when the minutes are slashed permanently. Except for, um, you know, two games where he played 20-plus minutes, um, you know, late in the season, probably as a result of injuries. Um, so one game against Cleveland, he plays 20 minutes. Then he doesn't play for the next two games. Then he plays 20-plus minutes again in the game against Houston. You know, Cleveland and Houston are two terrible teams at this point in the season in 2020-2021. And... Um, then he doesn't play for two more games. Then he plays six and a half minutes against Denver. So, you know, uh, mop-up minutes, basically. He's out of the rotation when it actually matters, when they're fighting for playoff seating. And then in the playoffs, too, um, see here, he plays in the, the Denver series in the first round, three-to-six matchup, doesn't play in the first game, plays a little less than five and a half minutes in the second game, doesn't play in the third game, plays five minutes in the fourth game, and doesn't play in the last two games. So, like, he's worse than his reputation. He's not... I don't I don't know if he's even, like, on a team with, with actual depth. And again, like, you can argue about what the Blazers are. I think the Blazers have decent depth. But um, he's like, I, you know, I don't know how much value he really has. Like, I don't, I don't really like him much at all. Um, but, yeah, in a vacuum early in the season, sure, he's going to give you some defensive moxie or whatever. But he's, he's such a minus on offense. Um... I just, uh, I really, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, Larry Nance is so much better than this guy, and I would kind of, you know, I I like the idea in, a, in principle of having Derrick Jones Jr. to be a trade ship for later. I just don't know how interested people are really going to be with this guy versus Nance, who's very good um, and uh, could really have some appeal somewhere in the league. Um, but is Nance's appeal more than having a first-round pick, and we still need some salary to match up with that. So if we got got Nance, we wouldn't have the first-round pick. So you need both the salary and a first-round pick. Yeah, but if we have Nance and a second-rounder, you know. I don't know that that would be enough. I think, I guess, teams like first-round picks. I don't know. Here's the other thing, though. The other thing about that is that Nance is good. Derrick Jones Jr., I wouldn't say is good. Nance 
could really help this team right now. He would be an awesome fit. Yeah, I mean, I like Larry Nance, but I also think he's overrated. So, But for this team, like, that's a great third big. You know? I guess, I mean, I guess. I don't really think he's as good as maybe you think he is. And I don't think he'd get as many minutes as you think he would. Yeah, third big, you're talking 20, 25 minutes a game, right? That's That's perfect. That's fine. I think they have something else in mind. That's my whole point is I don't think it's done yet. So I don't know what that other thing is until that happens. I don't know that I can judge it yet. But I like this deal. I like, you know, they have the first round pick. I also think, by the way, I think, like, it's lottery protected, which we should talk about. But I think what's going to happen with Portland is they're going to start the season with Damian Lillard, and I wouldn't be shocked if they trade him. And so they could end up being exactly, like, not lottery, but, like, if they trade him, they'll get some stuff back, and they'll be, like, middle of the pack. Because I don't think that would happen right away. I think that would happen towards the deadline, if it happens at all. And if it doesn't happen, you know, we'll get the pick, I guess is what I'm saying. That's a strong disagree for me. Um, well, I think, first of all, Portland with Dame right now is middle of the pack. Like, that team is not going to be that great. It's going to be, like, the 6th exactly. or 8th seed. So if they trade him, they are... Oh, 6th is... Gen- I don't even know about 6th. That's what I mean. So, so like, if they trade him, I think they're a lottery team. I, okay, so you're saying it's like a Simmons, Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard trade? like Yeah, something like that. That would make them still mediocre. I still I see them as, like, a mediocre team. And if they're not mediocre this year and the pick doesn't convey, it would still have another five years to convey. So, yeah, we should say that after 20... 20- they just need to be... Because it's through 2028. So, basically, they need to be mediocre one of these years. Let's say that. So, after 2028, it becomes two second-round picks. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to... I think at some point they'll have a non-lottery pick in the next five years. Yeah, you, you would think so. So, that means, like, a mid-to-late first-round pick. Yeah, um, exactly. Which is nice. I also would rather we just kept that pick, too. I don't want us to trade that pick. We have so emptied our coffers, you know? Maybe we trade one of our picks <laughs> and keep that pick. We already have. We've traded a bunch of those. We need more picks. Like, I think it's nice. I think we should hold Step on to this pick. Roll, you know? Flip I, it. Yeah, I don't love that. I think I think it's cool. Or maybe we keep it. I don't know. I would prefer us to keep it. I, we both think that we're going to use it. <laughs> and Derrick Jones Jr. I do. And I just that's another thing we should talk about a little bit more quickly. Um, is that, like, this Bulls team, the ceiling maybe is, like, the five seed. Sure. Uh, okay, so at the top, we are a peak, you know, second round playoff team. Five seed, whatever. Something like that. Uh, worst case scenario is we are the 12th seed. It is possible i wouldn't say probable i would say i would say it's quite possible that we are like as low as the 10th seed and we are a play-in team but it's technically theoretically possible we are the 12th seed and miss the play-in tournament and zach levine walks in free agency that is a possibility with this team i don't see that happening i don't see it happening also he signs with what was your point he signed with clutch he signed with rich paul with clutch to get the maximum possible and strong rich paul people. just got lonzo ball to force his way to chicago in a deal that hurt new orleans yeah no i i i know i'm just saying um if if i don't think he wants zach out of chicago i think zach's gonna take the most money he can get which is in chicago yeah if we miss the playoffs and the play-in tournament we're not gonna miss the playoffs in the play-in that's 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 the issue i think he, he might walk then otherwise i don't think he would but um if we miss the playoffs okay he'll walk yeah. but if we miss the playoffs that's because the year was a disaster right which is like you know a lot of these teams, can we just look at this objectively for a second let's, because I feel let's talk like, about the other teams yeah um let's look at this objectively at the bottom okay. of the east the teams at the bottom of the east because we've already talked about the the big ones 
Okay. Well, I, so we can go through all of them. Fuck it. Quickly. Brooklyn. Milwaukee. Philadelphia. Who are not going to be as good as their seed. They could be like a three seed, but they're like a six seed in terms of talent in the playoffs. Right. Go on. Okay. Um, Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to be really good. Yes, agreed. Um, Better than Philly. The Heat. The Heat. Um, and that's the top five in some order. Yeah, then New York. New York. I don't know. I don't know that New York's better than us. I take that back. I, I don't know that they're better than us. Because um, they got smoked by Atlanta in the playoffs. I really think part of their key was they were healthy, and they tried really hard. Like, they played Randall, like, 44 minutes a game or something. Like, they were, like, milking their guys. And in the playoffs, you saw that when another team was doing that, they were not – you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they did improve. So I, the, that roster yeah, is better now? Yeah. Uh, they. I don't know that they did. Yeah, they, they lost. Did. They lost somebody. They lost Reggie Bullock, then, and they added Kemba and Fournier. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think Fournier is a plus. Like, I think he's a negative. Well, in the postseason, sure, but in the regular season, which is what we're talking about, I think he's gonna help. He's gonna. They're, I think they're a playoff buckets. play in. I think they're like a seven through ten team. Well, anyway, my but we're not talking about. I don't think they're. Yeah, we're talking about if they're. Let's better. focus on who's better than us. Those, okay, so you're saying those five teams are better than well, us. Well, yeah, but then we're talking about the rest of the pack, which is everybody else, including us. So we got the yes. Knicks in there. We got the Celtics in there. A team with yes. two All Stars who has Dennis Schroeder on a you know an awesome deal. The um, the taxpayer mid level exception five point nine million dollars for one year. Um, and then we have uh, the. But I watched us play the Celtics when they had both their all stars playing. Yeah, Max, that was a different team. Them. That was a different team. And guess who made the playoffs? And uh, and guess who didn't? You know what I mean? Like it's one game. One game doesn't mean a ton. I know, but like they got smoked by the Nets. Like I, I don't, I don't understand why you think that team is definitively better than our team. I it has two players that I would probably say are better than our best player. I am not convinced that is true. You don't think you take you wouldn't take Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown over Zach. I'm not I'm not confident I would. In what context? In a one on one game? Because give me Zach Levine all day. No, and just like which player you'd rather have for your team? I'd rather have Jason Tatum first, and probably Tatum first, and probably Brown second. There's an argument. I'm not sure. There's an argument to be made sure for Brown. I'm sorry. There's an argument to be made for Zach because Zach is such an offensive talent. But Brown is yeah. a two-way guy, and he's very young. He's got room to grow. So I, Zach's not old. Yeah, I know. We just haven't seen the ceiling for Brown, and I think Brown. I don't think ceiling, we've seen the ceilings for Zach. I know, but I, I think, think we've seen for Zach. I think Brown's ceiling. He just won a gold medal. Yeah. He just won a gold medal. Yeah. And I think he got. I think he's gotten better. He played defense in the Olympics. Yeah, for like I watched a couple of you know a couple games, right? Like that doesn't you know whatever he can. Kevin Durant says he can play defense. <laughs> he, he certainly looked capable beating up um, you know um, whoever they I, played France. Um, yeah, but he played defense against those other teams, and guess what? There's not that there were some good players that couldn't stay on the floor against those international teams. Yeah, like there were. And Damian Lillard actually, but Damian Lillard turned out was hurt. But even still, yeah. But but the fact that, the fact that Zach made the closing lineup was like one of Pop's preferred yeah. guys. You know is who exciting. he was competing with minutes for and basically split minutes with Jason fucking Tatum. So well, yeah. But Tatum plays you know two. If you four. watch that game against France, I think Zach Levine was better when he was on the court than Jason Tatum was in one game. Yes. Yeah, but my point is, I'm not like a hundred percent like. Wow, Jason Tatum so much better than Zach Levine. He 
Like, okay. I mean, he's better, but he's not. I guess my point to you is this. Like, let's walk through the Celtics lineup. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Do you really love Dennis Schroeder? No. He couldn't even get – he got the mid-level deal. He got squeezed, you know what I mean, in the market. It's, it's yeah, not but there's worth. a reason. He's worth, like, there's double a reason well, he got squeezed. It's like a man. character reason. It's not really a talent reason. He wasn't that good. He was. He, you talking about guys who were that good? Like, do you, like, he wasn't that good last year. No, but he had he had COVID nineteen and he was recovering from that uh, in the playoffs and did not look like himself. Did not look good. You know, Zach had COVID. You know what happened when he came back after COVID? Kicked. He kicked ass. Zach okay? Levine is much better than Dennis Schroeder. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm, you're talking about COVID. I'm telling who's able to come back from it. Look. The point is I'm trying to make is let's walk through the Celtics lineup right now. Fine. Convince me that they're better than the Bulls definitively. Well, I can't say definitively because I don't know definitively, but I feel That's I feel okay about it. Okay, well, also we have to count. Where are the where are we now? Seven? This is the seventh. Ostensible seventh seed. Celtics. Are we? Who's the sixth seed? Knicks. Ostensibly. I'm not convinced that the Knicks are the sixth seed. I uh, just I'm just I'm just saying like the Knicks, the Bulls, the Celtics. Um, the Hornets, the Pacers. I think there's this milieu of teams that are all kind of. They're not like a huge. I don't. I don't know until we see them play, what it's going to look like. I'm not convinced. I'll tell you what. Actually, and, and the no, Wizards. Do know. Don't forget the Wizards. Okay, but again, we played the Wizards multiple times. We beat them. This team is totally different than that team, first of all. And our that, team is way better now than it was Wizard, last year. I don't know if it's way better. It is better. But the East so is better. defensively, let's just like look at this for objectively for a second. I don't understand where this hate is coming from that you you have with this team. I don't. I don't. You, I don't hate the team. I just don't love the team. And we gave up so much to get this team, and it is not like gonna I win a playoff. It's so round. much better than it was last year. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like all these people that are hating on the Bulls. It is better. Did not watch us play last year. It is clearly a better team, but like. That's so much better. Yeah, but that's compared to last year's team in last year's East. This year's East is pretty loaded, relatively speaking. The Celtics aren't really that much better. No, but I, I would say they're they're quite possibly better. They have a proven track the record. The Knicks aren't better. Uh, I would say the, the Knicks are possibly better. Oh, if Kemba is good. You know where he was last year? On the Celtics. He was bad for the Celtics. He made them worse when he was on the court. He was playing through an injury, and he at the value that they're paying him now, I think it's fine for yeah, the Yeah, you know what happened last year? Our best player got COVID. And we still, our, in that time, beat the Heat I like, and the Celtics. Well, that's another thing, actually. I watched these games. Our record, I watched these games. Our record was pretty good without, without Zach Levine. People say, oh, Zach Levine you know, missed a lot of time because he had COVID-19. But the, the Bulls actually had a pretty decent record when he wasn't playing. Yeah, because we had Vucevic, who we didn't have before. Yes, and we missed the playoffs anyway because we weren't that good. Yeah, but like we weren't that we were way behind the eight ball when he came on board. And they didn't practice at all. And guess what? Le- okay, you know what? Taking Lowry off the team is a guaranteed five win plus. Guaranteed. I watched this guy play. Yeah, well- I watched him play. If you watch the team play, you know for a fact that Lowry hurt us every time he was on the court, okay? And you know who else hurt us when he was on the court? Um and also, Thomas Sadoransky, you don't think Lonzo Ball is an upgrade over Thomas Sadoransky? Of course he is. playing 30 minutes a game? Of course he okay, is. so he's way better. So, Caruso, every minute he's on the court will be a plus over whoever was there before. Max, look, 
we were thirty one and forty one last year. Okay, now if you right. that was a seventy two game season. If you if you flip that, you know, if you give us well, I don't know about ten games above five hundred. That's crazy. But let's say we win forty one games this year. We go forty one and forty one. In this East, that could be like the nine seed. That could be like the eleven seed. Um, you know what I mean? It's just the the Pacers, the Wizards, the Raptors. Those are competent teams with all star caliber players. Um, I'm not convinced the, Hornets, the Raptors are going to be – I mean, these are all competitive teams. Yeah. I guess my point is I don't – so your point is that we're in the same ballpark as all those teams, and we will be much better than last year, but that only equates to a 500 record. Exactly. No, well, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that's a possibility. I think there's a chance that this Bulls team is awesome, relatively speaking, to prior Bulls teams um, post-Jimmy. But, uh, you know, awesome for those teams is not a high bar, right? I, I'm just thinking, like, on paper. Like, or, or just looking at the players. Yeah. Like, last year, we had a team that scored a decent amount of points. And offensively, they had some players that were really bad on the court. Like, Denzel Valentine was playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. I mean, Archie Diacono. Like, these guys are not good players like they they shouldn't be on the court and now we have guys that actually should be on the court even guys that are like at the like our backups Bradley he would have been better he's better right now than Wendell Carter Jr. was I watched them play each other and he outplayed him oh yeah Tony Bradley's better than Wendell Carter Jr. (laughs) okay so then you know what happened after we got rid yeah okay so he's better than the player that was starting before and then and he's backing up Vucevic, who is a good player. I watched him play. He was really good. I'm not saying he isn't. Vucevic is quite good. I, I, and he makes the players around him better. I don't look, I don't I don't I don't dislike the team. I'm just saying we gave up so much and there's a decent chance we're like the eighth seed or worse. I I think you have to take a different view than your perspective is right now. I think you are thinking about this a little bit the wrong way. When was the last time we had a Bulls team that you were excited to watch and you thought might be appealing to other people to watch and you thought people might care about and find a, make us an appealing place to play? When was the last time that was the case? When was the last time that a valuable player forced his way to come to the Bulls? Well, okay. Those are two I literally can't think of a time. Those are two separate questions. You're, you're totally wrong. And – in the 2014-2015 season, that Bulls team, the last Tibbs season, that Bulls team could have made the NBA Finals. We would have lost. That was seven years ago. Yes. That's not that long ago. That's a long time. But but that's a team. A lot can change in seven years. That's a team that almost made the Finals. Seven years ago, the, the Cubs hadn't even started. Like That was the first year they made the playoffs. But I'm just saying, you're saying the ones the last. And now we've torn down the whole organization. Like that's an entire about, dynasty. I don't want to talk about the Cubs. We're not. Talking, I'm just pointing. We're not out talking about like, the you, Cubs. You okay? <laughs> that is too sad, Max. How dare you? <laughs> okay, but like what I'm, I, I guess what I'm trying to understand is like when you talk about these Bulls, it's like you're not even excited about the fact that like we actually have a front office that does stuff. I look, Lonzo Ball forced his way to come to Chicago. Look, I'm excited, Max, but um, you know who I was more excited about? Jimmy Butler, okay? Jimmy Butler. Now, Zach Levine— But these guys were not here. I know. The front office, yeah. But, they would never have done that. Yeah, I know. 
it's very it's very depressing. But the thing is, this is a totally different organization. You have to put the past behind well, you. Well, you just asked when was the last time that the Bulls were exciting? The last time but they was not that when long they had ago. Jimmy Butler. Well, no, again, they could have made the NBA Finals with Jimmy Butler in 2015. Let's go through that. So Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose, last Derrick Rose year, um, the first progress all year. We had Taj, we had Joe, although Joe was hurt um, a lot of the time. That was a pretty good team. We won 50 games. We were the three seed in the East. We were up um, two games to one against the Cavs. I could easily see this team winning 50 games. Hold on. Yes, that is possible. But but the refs screwed us in that second round series, the semifinal series against the Cavs. Yes, I, um, I remember. They, we were there. They missed these. Yeah, well, we were at the, the game three we were at one of the where Derrick Rose the, hit yeah. that buzzer beater, and it was amazing. That was awesome. But um, game four, uh, the refs basically at the end missed a call, uh, a timeout call by David Blatt, the then Cavs coach, that he did not have to give, which should have resulted in a turnover. Yeah. Chris Webber style. We should have won game four. Then we would have been up three to one. Then game five, they ejected Taj Gibson um, yes. after Matthew Delavidova held down his leg. Uh, yes, we did mount a comeback after that. Um, we were down big at that at that point when Taj Gibson was ejected. But I would contend that if we had Taj Gibson, we would have still got on that run and then been able to close out more successfully with his defense. So I think we could have won the next two games and then gone to the the these are conference finals where we would have faced the Atlanta Hawks, which were a paper team. They won sixty games at the best record in the East. And they got killed by the Cavs when the Cavs went to the Eastern Conference Finals. True. Then against the Warriors, we would have totally lost, obviously. But we would have gone to the NBA Finals with that team. So, True. So that was incredibly exciting and incredibly disappointing at the same time. Then we fired Tibbs and everything fell apart. But Jimmy Butler was still awesome. We had a team in 2017, the three Alphas team in the playoffs, um, if Rajon Rondo doesn't break his wrist and needs surgery, I mean, playoff Rondo would have led us to a championship. I made that argument on the last. Podcast. I don't know about a championship, but we definitely, <laughs> we definitely would have gone um, to the Eastern we Conference Finals because we would have beaten the Celtics, um, who, who by the way, I think we're better than this year. Um, <laughs> a lot has happened since then. I know, We've but had a it, global pandemic. I know, I know, but it wasn't that long ago <laughs> that the Bulls were, uh, I would argue, more exciting. Um, and uh, we just we sort of botched the tank. Uh, but I'm, look, I'm excited about this new team. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we had Jimmy Butler, a guy who was um, the best player on a team that went to the NBA Finals and lost in six to a LeBron team with Anthony Davis. But he only got there because of the bubble. BS. And also that so doesn't that year. doesn't validate the the achievement. Um, I didn't say it invalidates it. I'm just telling you. Well, you, what happened last year happened to most of the teams in the final yeah, four. It, it suited them particularly because of heat culture. Yeah, possibly. They possibly benefited from that. Sure, fine. But also, like of the four teams that went to the, the conference finals in 2020, only one of them made it out of the first round uh, in 2021. Yes. Um, yes. I think there was like you know the the NBA turnaround time was I think something yes. like seventy something games. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, yep. everyone got hurt. People no like arguments. COVID nineteen. No now would that Heat team have beaten? Let's just move on from the Heat. Hold on, hold on. Would that twenty twenty one Heat team have Bulls. beaten that twenty twenty one Bucks team in the playoffs? No, I don't think so. If healthy, no, no way. They would have been a higher seed though, and you know gotten further in the playoffs. Yes. But anyway, 
What were we talking about? We were talking about the Bulls. <laughs> I just, look, I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, like, Zach Levine was like... But why are we still talking about Jimmy Butler? I'm never going to not think about how, how we had Jimmy <laughs> Butler and we traded him. But that has at nothing the peak to of his do powers. with Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley. Well, it, it does in a way. It was such a bad move that Garpax had to... It led to them being hired. Had to be let go, exactly. It was Honestly, so dumb a move. that's maybe one of the best things that ever happened in the city of Chicago. That is, well, yeah, the Garpax thing uh, is, is the... Single best thing we got back from that Jimmy Butler trade. I have trade. to thank you, Jake. Thank Jimmy Butler for that. I mean, he's responsible for them getting kicked out. Yeah, absolutely. You know who never would have made a trade that for that sent a superstar away to get like okay draft assets back? Mark Eversley and Arturis Konosovas because they feel that they are overrated. Yeah. So okay, to relitigate that trade really quickly, really, really, really quickly, Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton, the number sixteen pick, are traded to Minnesota for. Uh, Chris Dunn, the number five pick a year before, um, uh, Larry Markin, the number seven pick that year, 2017, and Zach Levine. Um, and it, we, it was almost Andrew Wiggins, but it wasn't. It was Zach Levine. And so I would say, honestly, like the fact that one of those three guys is going to be like a multi-time all-star and a max player yeah. is amazing. We got like probably the best possible thing like you could hope for in a deal like that, you know, where you trade Correct. A, a superstar level player. Correct. You know, and you get a guy who's like a top, I don't know, 25 player in the NBA now. Like, that's pretty Correct. awesome. So, so it, it, it like worked out uh, in, in a way. I mean, like, I, I would still rather have Jim Bowen and Zach Dumb Levine, luck. But, yeah, but that was dumb luck. I wouldn't really put that on Garpax. Except, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really glad we didn't get Andrew Wiggins back. Like, that was amazing, you know? I, I like Zach more It's probably because the they said no, not because Garpax said it's should have get Zach Levine instead. Yeah, because on paper, like, um, Wiggins is, like, more of a Jimmy Butler-esque player. You know, on paper, he's a yes. two-way guy, and that was still his ceiling at the time. Which is not actually true. Yeah, in real life, he is a bad offensive player. And he's a, a neither-way guy. He's, an, he's, like, an okay defender who's <laughs> severely overrated. He's so overrated. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, honestly, like, how much better is he than Derek Jones Jr.? That's a very good question. <laughs> I'm not sure. He's just getting like, paid crazy amounts of money, so they're yeah, playing yeah. a lot more. He can shoot better, but that's a – Yes. I mean, otherwise – and he can break people down off the dribble, but, like, how often do you want him to do that? Yeah, you'd rather not, you know. Anyway, think about the Bulls. Sorry. I, I just – in the playoffs, I mean, if you want to talk about the playoffs, 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 uh, who, who could they beat in the first round? Okay, yeah, we can go through that. So that's the thing. That's that, that's the thing is that like among these, the second tier after the top five or six in the East, top top five. Because I don't think they're gonna beat. They're not gonna beat the Nets or the the, the Bucks. But other than them, are you convinced that anyone would really beat them? Yes, I think like a hundred percent. Yes, this. we talked about this last time. If everyone's healthy, I think that the Hawks and the Heat would totally beat them in the first round. I'm not convinced that they definitely would. The, I'm not convinced. Max, the Hawks would have gone to the finals had it not been for some serious injuries in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know that they would have beat the the Bucks. I I think so. I'm not sure. I thought so, but I'm not totally sure. I mean, they definitely seem better. Yeah, but they seem more diverse offensively, like significantly, and they could expose the Bucks' limitations. Yeah, on defense, guarding. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that'd be a really fun matchup, us against the Hawks. I think they're better, but I don't know that it's as big a difference as you think. They are definitely better. The, the, okay, the big thing. So that's the big X factor: is Zach Levine uh, taking a leap? Taking a leap. He's he's so good. He was so good on offense last year. I know he's terrible defensively, but yeah. he has the talent. 
Yeah. He, I mean, he's very athletic. You know, just he would not be the first guy to play injury. in the Olympics and get better after winning a gold medal. He wouldn't be the first guy. Yeah, it seems like you know if he stays healthy, like he should take a, some level of a jump, which is crazy because he had an amazing. Which he has year. done every year since he's been in Chicago. He's got significantly better each year. Yeah, and he's only had a good coach this year. <laughs> so, I know, and he got a lot better in Chicago. I mean, he had a good coach in, in Minnesota, but did he though? Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is a good coach. He, um, there are you know some issues with him overplaying guys and not trusting young guys. Like those are those are two Thibodeau issues we know about. But he's a good coach. Um, okay. That Knicks team, by the way, like you know, not as good as its record last year. No, clearly. No. And you know, if everyone stays healthy on the Knicks, he could do that again. But yes, speaking of teams we could beat in the first round, we could beat this. Yeah, Knicks but you teams, know, if it wasn't New York, way. people wouldn't have talked about them. As much, like at all as much as they did well no but i mean they were like the four seed right i know but like so uh, let's say it's like the hornets who actually had the four okay, seed before let's talk about got hurt. Who we i'm not that impressed by the Hornets. let's talk about who we can actually gordon hayward won't be there there's no way he's healthy for the playoffs the entire thing probably not no way um if he is do you like that team more than our team i don't know it's, it's not that far away though no i don't because vucevic is going to destroy biombo Wait, but they have um, fuck. We should look at this. I forgot. Biombo's not their starting center. The, and then oh, they have Mason Plumley. Yeah, because he's so much better. <laughs> I'm actually not convinced he's better at all. Biombo, by the way, is a free agent. We we haven't even gotten to that part of this podcast yet. <laughs> I I'm just saying. Okay. I think we could beat Charlotte. But, I think we could. I'm going to really quickly, I'm going to just I send you the roster. Um, Charlotte has another guy who's going to take a leap, uh, Lomelo Ball. That guy is going to be an all-star. That guy's awesome. I'm, I watched him play, and he was so bad defensively. Yeah. Well, hey, so we're familiar with that. Bad. We got a couple so of bad. those guys on this team, Max. You know? I know, but we. I watched this play. I just feel like you're not factoring in the actual watching of the games. Like, if you – let's just – Focus on that. If you watched the games from our team last year, what were some of our biggest issues? We didn't guy have guys who could break people down off the dribble other than Zach Levine. We didn't have people that could pass. We didn't have enough people that could shoot. All those things have been addressed. Yeah, except for the one. Defense? Yeah. We're not, like... I still am not sure that we're that much worse at defense than last year. Well, probably not, but were we good at defense last year? No. No, but we weren't as bad as everyone makes us sound. Our, uh, our defensive rating our defensive was rating. actually pretty good, 11th out of yes! 30. And our offensive rating was worse, 19th out of 30. Yes! And um, guess what? We just got better offensively. Yeah, but like... I, I just, I'm not understanding why you guys think it's... Like, why is there this belief? There's like this... I really don't it's, think people that are talking about the Bulls watched the games last year because they didn't care. Look, I, and they didn't watch the games. I don't. I don't. I don't really. I think that we're gonna be in that like six to ten range, something like that. Okay, so answer me this: the the team that Billy Donovan coached to a five seed, the Oklahoma City Thunder, in the Western Conference. That team. Do you really think they're better than we are? That team was better than what we are now. Uh, well, their best player was better, yeah. Yeah, but like, their second best player was know. Shea. Is Shea better than Vucevic? No. 
I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, no. he, uh, probably not. He's not. But he will be. But probably not right now. He's not right now. No. I watched him playoffs. Nope. Uh, you know, that team. Vucevic has actually. Uh, okay. That and team then, was um, the, the team of Gallinari when Dennis he was Schroeder was like their third best player. Dennis Schroeder is not a good player. He was. That was the best year he's ever had in the NBA. So, like, the yeah, player he is Billy right Donovan now. Billy Donovan coached him up. I mean. He put up basically the same stats Kobe White did. I guess I'm like like he and Kobe White are basically the same player. No, the shooter averaged like twenty points a game that year. Yeah, but he played. I don't know. He took more shots. From a shooting perspective, Kobe White's better at shooting the basketball. Forty percent from three, basically. Oh no! You know what? He averaged eighteen point nine points a game. Uh, Four point zero assists, three point six rebounds, thirty point eight minutes a game. Shot. Uh, 38.5% from three, um, 83.9% from the free throw line, 46.9% from the field. Those are awesome numbers for the third guard on, on a team. If we can get Caruso yeah. to that, you know, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but the whole thing, but this was like one of the things I don't get is that there was this thing out there about, oh my God, having him, DeRozan, and like Lonzo, DeRozan, and Zach Levine out there on the court at the same time, is like a bad thing. It wasn't about Lonzo. It was about DeRozan and Zach um, and, and Vooch. I know, but those three guys on the court at the same time, I would feel like, I mean, I like, like, I just, I think that they're going to get, I think there's going to be a positive impact of having those guys on the court, like this new team together. I think that starting, our starting five is better than the Thunder starting five that year. Steven Adams is not that good a player, okay? Vucevic is way better than Steven Adams. Of course. Way better than Steven Adams. Definitely. Okay, Danilo Gallinari versus Patrick Williams. I mean... Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, you're you're conflating the ceiling of Patrick Williams with what Danilo Gallinari was that year. He had an awesome year. Danilo Gallinari doesn't play defense. No, he doesn't play defense, but Williams is an overrated defender right now. Like, he projects to be a pretty good defender, right? I think he's going to be a good defender yeah, next year. I do too, but, like, you can't, I, you know, you, you can't I'd say... I'd rather have Patrick Williams. You can't say, you know, hypothetical 2021-2022 Patrick Williams is better than actual 2019-20 Danilo Gallinari, who had, like, the year of his life. Whatever. Also, that bench was really bad. So, my point is, they were a uh, 5C in the West, and like won a lot of games, and our team is at least comparable. I think it's better than that team. So if that's the case, why can't we have the similar result to that? We could. No, look, that's the thing. We we get as high as that's basically what I expect is to be basically the same record that that Oklahoma City Thunder team was. I don't think that's crazy. It's not crazy. It's in the realm of possibility. We could get as high as the five seed. Yeah. But I don't. You know, I don't really think we're going to win a playoff round or anything. But we could get as high as, high as the five seed. And we could get as low as the twelve seed. That is possible. We, I think we're we going to have... be five or six. I think if we play Philadelphia the way they currently are constructed, which it won't be because they're going to trade Ben Simmons, yeah. but I'm not like sold on Philadelphia winning a lot in the playoffs. In the playoffs? Um, that's a funny question. Uh, yeah, well, I, I watched them play. I mean, they are... They the, were terrible. They are the, the worst of those first five teams, for sure. And Joel Embiid, odds of him being healthy, very slim. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's never healthy. Even in the playoffs, he gets hurt in the playoffs if he makes it healthy to the playoffs. 100%. And, like, okay, so if they trade Ben Simmons, how much are they really going to get better? Well, if they trade Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard... Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's happening. 
or even CJ McCollum, just like a, a much better point guard. CJ McCollum, I think, would be the point guard in that situation. He'd be the lead ball handler, whatever. I mean, he's not he's not big for a two guard. He could he could play the point. I know, but like CJ, I I think that team. I, I don't see it. I just don't see them being unbeatable. Oh, they're not like, in I the first round. Them play in the first round. They are the team that we could beat if we face the off against them. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think. I think the Hawks would be a fun series. It would at least be fun to watch. I think it'd be competitive. They'd probably win, but I think it would go six, maybe seven. They would beat us. The Heat would beat us. The Bucks would beat us. The Nets would beat us. Um, I think the only two teams there that would like kick our ass, like blow us out, would be the top two seeds. And I think they're going to blow out anyone else they play in either. I don't agree. I think it's that top four. And then I don't love our chances against the other guys. But I think it's possible, yeah. I mean, look, I you know, I really don't exactly know. It's tough to it's tough to know. I think that we have it's, serious limitations on defense, clearly, right? Correct. But um, I like Bradley off the bench a lot. Yeah, no, he he'll be fun. Caruso's fun. Jones in limited minutes is okay, and and um and we're not done. That's the that's the other thing we have to talk about. We're yeah. not done. But um, look, I just I don't know what this team's gonna look like. I am interested to find out. I am excited. To find out this is going to be the most fun Bulls team to watch since the 2016-2017 season, the final Jimmy season. And that also, team was can frustrating. We talk about, <laughs> but, can we talk about this? I mean, let's talk about the next steps that the Bulls could make. But the this big hoopla over what we gave up for Vucevic, like, do you want to walk through it? And I'll tell you why I think it's not that big a deal that we gave it up. Oh, yeah, the Vucevic deal. Sure. I like the Vucevic deal. You know what that pick turned into that conveyed this year? Franz Wagner, he's not like this. Isn't like an, a crazy return. Like that guy's so mediocre. I, you know, I another like seven through nine pick is like not what we need because all those guys are not in our roster anymore except for Kobe White. So I'm not sold on that being such a bad deal. We gave away two top five protected draft picks in 2021 and 2023. Yeah. So we know it's the eighth pick. That's what happened. And uh, we sent them to Orlando plus uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Yep. Who wasn't that good. Wasn't that good. He was the seventh pick in 2018. Um, And couldn't stay on the floor either. Always got hurt. Yeah, always got hurt. We weren't going to pay him when his deal came up. Of course not. And so we, it was going to be a Lowry situation. Yeah. Exact same situation. And so we traded for a 2021 All-Star, Nikola Vucevic, who is a yep. very, very good player. He's reached the ceiling of what he is. Uh, he's very, who very good. He makes other people better, too. He's a good passer. Very good passer. Um, Rebounds and makes shots. But so, like, it's not just about Franz Wagner. Who knows who we would have drafted with that pick? You know, yeah, the eight Kaminga? Pick. No, Kaminga was off the board, although, yeah, you could have tried. No. But, but Davion, Davion <laughs> wow, Mitchell, people love Dam- Davion Mitchell. You know, he's this... Um, He's like their their third interesting point guard, right? Um, you know what they say when you have three interesting point guards? You don't have any good point guards. Yeah, well, he, he was awesome in summer league. He looks good. Um, I think you could they could totally trade. By the way, that's another actually that's another uh, Philly trade possibly. Darren Fox for Ben Simmons, which I think that's more likely. I think it's very possible. I think Darren Fox. We haven't seen like what he can really do with a competent coach. Um, I think he'd be fine. How competent do you think Doc Rivers is? On a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, he's regular season competent, Max. I'm talking about the playoffs. Well, let's see Darren Fox get to the playoffs, you know? Because, like, when he was in the playoffs with the Clippers against the Nuggets, he did such a great job. Well. <laughs> and then last year. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, awesome job. Uh, he, it wasn't like he gave his son-in-law all the minutes or anything. 
and had him handle the ball most of the time. Seth Curry was more valuable to the Sixers than Ben Simmons was in that uh, the Hawks. Um, I know, Sixers but aren't we supposed to assign some of that to the coach? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, Look. so okay, well hold on. So the draft, so you got Davion Mitchell, you got Zaire Williams, people like Book Knight, people like he's like 120 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying. There's Chris Duarte, um, people like not gonna be a major minutes guy for us this year. Moses Moody's like a high ceiling guy, people like, and then it kind of falls off. But like you know, Whatever. these are interesting guys. So it's not that we would have gotten Franz Wagner, who I don't I don't trust either. But I just I like. I like Vucevic. I liked watching him play basketball. I like where we're at. I, it makes Zach feel like the Bulls are more appealing. It made Lonzo more likely to come here, I believe. Yeah. There's a there's a domino effect from doing this stuff. It, un- That's my belief. Unquestionably, we improved the team short term. Unquestionably. Of course. Vucevic is so, very good. I'm, I know. I'm excited to see this team. I just... I, I, it's just like it's one of those things where like this current team right now isn't really going to actually do anything in the playoffs, but it's going to they're going to be competitive gonna, and fun to watch. Yeah, and that's going to extend through the season. Even if we miss the playoffs, even if we miss the playing tournament, we're going to be chippy and for five hundred level. You know, I think we're better. I I think it's entirely possible for sure. I, I don't I, really do. I don't know, but I think it's entirely possible. I don't know for sure, but we're also not done. Let's talk about that. Yes, let's talk about that. Good call. Okay, so yeah, so the Bulls have a $5 million trade exception from our Daniel Tice trade uh, with uh, the Rockets. And they also have the biannual. We also have the $3.7 million biannual exception plus uh, yeah. veterans minimums. Um, and we have yeah. 13 players under contract now with Derek Jones Jr. Um, so we will be adding at least one more guy because you have to have 14 players for most of the season. Uh, you yeah. can dip under to 13 players for up to two weeks. Um, we'll have an additional guy. We'll have additional guy, and so there's there's a you know some intriguing names yeah. out there. To me, it's about Paul Millsap. He's the target. I think he would be a really good fit, and I would happily accept him on the Bulls. I'd welcome him. I think it'd be good. Paul Millsap is the best guy available, and there are a bunch of like you know playoff teams. Solid teams that want him, plus the Timberwolves. Okay, so we give him an additional million. I mean, that's still a decent amount of money. Yeah. I feel like he'd be a really good fit, honestly. He would get some significant minutes at the four. The, the big issue with Paul Millsap is his age. Um, he's obviously not, you know, we talked yeah. about this before. He's the ghost of Paul Millsap. He is not uh, all-star Paul Millsap, four-time All-Star Paul Millsap. No, but if he was that, we wouldn't get him for $3.7 million. Of course we would not. He um, had some lucrative years in Denver as a key contributor, and he kind of fell off at the end of his lucrative deal. They were asking too much from him. Yeah, but, you know, he's a he's a savvy role player. He's a two-way guy. He can play either forward position. Um, yeah. He's actually like an okay three-point shooter. Uh, he shot yeah. 34.3% from three on 2.6 attempts yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, got as high as forty three point five percent for Denver um, in the year before that, 2019-2020, on two point four attempts. So you know, um, smart guy, locker room guy, like uh, a clear can switch. A, yeah, can switch a clear fit, um, and the best guy on the some board. Some toughness, you know. Tough. Some upfront toughness. Yeah, physical. Better experience. Fun. By the way, number forty seven pick in in his draft, I think two thousand six. Yeah. Um, so think- you know, there's diamonds in the rough in the second round. I think he could be a good fit, and I would like to see him on the team. Um, 
I think that'd be a good fit. He is, That's kind of what I want to see. He is the guy I want as well. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge has been strongly rumored from Agent Wojnarowski to um, be a candidate to return after retiring abruptly um, from the Brooklyn Nets last year because of... Um, well, if we can get him, I'd say do it. You want Aldridge over Millsap? I don't know if... Well, can we get both? Yeah, we could. We could do um, one gets the, the trade exception, one gets the biannual exception... Or one gets the biannual exception, one gets the veterans minimum. I think I think Millsap would probably be first priority just because he wouldn't. We'd be less worried he would retire, um, but then Aldridge would be another good option. So he had um, an irregular heartbeat that forced him into an early retirement. Yeah, we, but see that happened with yeah. There's guys that have had to retire because of that before, or something similar. And the idea that he he's looking into it means that there must be he must be getting intimations from his doctors that that it'd um, be okay. He can be okay. So, I guess we'll see. But yeah, because you can have an irregular heartbeat without actually having any systemic issue. Right. But then again, you might have a problem. So that was um, he did the safe thing, which was smart. But if he's told he's fine, I I I mean I think we could do both. Like I, I like Millsap. I like Millsap. He's my my number one pick. Yes. Um, if he doesn't turn out, let's assume Aldridge is not on the table. Ronda Hollis Jefferson could be a decent fit. Jared Vanderbilt is a talented long wing. He's kind of the same as person as Derrick Jones Jr. So if you get him, then you could just trade Derrick Jones Jr. Right. So you could just swap him in. Patrick Patterson um, had some good years, but he, he's been underwhelming lately. He's also yeah, available. Yeah, I'm not as big a fan of Patterson. I'd rather have, like, a, yeah, I, you know. You'd rather have more of a defender. Yeah. Ilyasova is available, and I do not want him. No. I, I like the idea. You know, I mean, I know, I think, because Bradley's going to pay center a good amount as our backup. Yeah. Simonovic probably going to play some center. Right. It would be a center, so um I mean it would be helpful to have one more guy who can play center. I'm curious to see what they might do in small ball lineups. Donovan really likes small ball lineups, so if we could get another guy who could play center in small ball lineups, that would be really intriguing. Um Oh yeah, by the I way, DeRozan DeRozan has played some four for yeah. the Spurs. Yeah. And Williams has played three, so he could play depending on who's on the court. He could, you know, move to three. He's definitely a natural four. Um, I know, but, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, in a pinch. For sure, for, for sure. For depth purposes. And, I mean, he's athletic for for a four. Yeah, and, I mean, Troy Ron Jr., Devontae Green, those guys can both play three if they need to. Zach Levine can, too. I'm just saying, there's possibilities of mixing and matching. Yeah, for so sure. So it's not. Um, um, then there's a couple other interesting names. Um, Stanley Johnson, who used to be a three, yep. and is now a four, kind of like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. Uh, Isaiah Harden. Like Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. yeah. Jared Vanderbilt. They're all kind of right, the same. Exactly. Player. Isaiah Hardenstein, who's more of a center. Um, Demarcus Cousins. That might be nice. I don't want to touch Demarcus Cousins. I don't trust his health at all, and it's just not worth it. Um, Bismarck Biombo. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I- Isaiah Hardenstein might be good. He could be interesting. He He's young, right. um, so yeah. he has some upside. He could be fun. I'd be open to that. Yeah. Mike Scott is way too old, speaking of age. Then um, I like Millsap, and uh, say we got that. Yeah, so that's the thing. Millsap is um, very coveted. Um, let's, let's. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think that first-round pick, Derek Jones Jr., Kobe White, those are some pieces you could use to get a center back. A lot of people feel centers are expendable, so I feel like there's some centers out there to be taken. That's my belief. What does that have to do with Paul Millsap? He's not a center. If you can't get Paul Millsap. 
Oh. Paul Millsap can play backup. He could play center in small ball lineups. Yeah, small ball, sure. Uh, yeah, he's like six, eight. It, mix and match, I'm saying. Sure, but anyway, so okay, so we should we should reiterate who else is looking at Paul Millsap. Um, the Clippers, uh, yeah. who are not going to have Kawhi Leonard for probably all of the season. Um, maybe he tries to uh, dip a toe yeah. in at the end of the season and, and make the playoffs or something. Well, I don't the Ibaka piece too. I'm not clear on what their situation with him is. Right. So like, there's, there'd be a lot of minutes for Millsap. Um, but yep. um, like I don't know if they're much of a contender either. But the Warriors and the Nets, you know, people seem higher on both of those guys this season, depending on Clay Thompson for the Warriors. Yeah, but the Nets have a lot of guys that could play, that play small ball. Yeah, like, exactly. Bruce Brown is like a small ball four, or small ball five sometimes. Like, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. You know, yeah. Um, I, Claxton. Nick Claxton. Yeah. Kevin Durant plays center in the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like... They're pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to just win a ring, right. then, yeah, he could go to Brooklyn. The the Hawks, the Pelicans, the Sixers, the Timberwolves, or other teams that have been uh, floated. I don't see him going to the Pelicans. Yeah, Pelicans and Timberwolves. If he goes anywhere, he wants to go somewhere he can win. I don't think he goes to the Pelicans I think we can give him either. the most money, so that's what I like about that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I, TBD. I really want Paul Millsap, and I'm open to Aldridge for sure. I can see sure. us making a move. Aldridge for I can sure. See us making a move. Um, and um, well, you can't. We may sign a stop. I think Ronda Hells Jefferson played some small ball five for the Raptors. Well, they when they had some injuries. They did some funky stuff because their the centers that they signed really five. didn't work out last year. Yeah, he did play some small ball five, and it wasn't that bad. And he could switch. So if you have a if you have a center who defensively can switch, that's a big part of it. And so those guys as small ball. Yeah, which is we, why I like because we have two real centers. Yeah, actually three. I just don't know how much he's going to play Simonovich, but whatever. He has three real centers. So and then the rest, another person could be small ball. So Derek Jones Jr. I don't know, but whatever. If we just want to say, who cares about defense? And <laughs> put him at center. I don't know. So that's what we've been saying so far. Um, we, there's a lot of teams in the NBA that don't play defense, and we were an average defensive team last year, and I really don't think we're that much worse. If we're, Like, I don't. I just think DeMar DeRozan uh, is so much more yeah, important than what the team Caruso's is. Yeah, but every minute on the court, every minute he's on the court, he's infinitely better than whoever he was replacing minutes of last year. That's true. That's true. I just, and every minute Lonzo Ball is on the court, he's significantly better than anyone he was replacing defensively last year. Yeah, no, those are pretty exciting additions from a defensive and perspective. And every minute Bradley's on the court, he's better defensively than everybody who was last year. Yeah, we don't want him to be playing too many minutes on the court, but yeah. I know. So you're basically the DeRozan minutes versus Thaddeus Young are not good, but. Right. Thaddeus Young is overrated defensively. He's a, he's just overrated in general. It's a little bit of a shame that we could we had to give up so much draft equity in sending him to the Spurs. Now the Spurs are probably going to send him somewhere else for even more draft equity. Possibly the Suns. We'll see. The Suns have been talked about. Anyway, I think we're good on that topic. Yeah, I think um, we were sort of agreed on who we really want, and then there's some other interesting names, but um, we'll have to see. I really don't think we're going to go into the season without at least signing some sort of token backup power forward. Agreed, and I wouldn't be shocked if we make another trade. Well, maybe wait till the deadline. We sign somebody else, and then wait till the deadline. I guess Kobe would be the guy, but um, tough to nah, trade a guy. He's with got a heal injury. from shoulder surgery and everything. Yeah, don't. But Derek Jones Jr. plus a pick for somebody. I could see that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we can't sign anybody that we that we've um, signed to a new deal. But 
almost all of our guys were signed, like he was signed and traded, deal. actually. Yes. We could do it. That's funny, yeah. But Derek Jones Jr., we didn't sign. Like, he's totally, yeah, it's possible we flip him again, I guess. Yep. If we find a sucker. Saying, yeah. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Even him plus a second for some big who costs $10 million could be a nice piece. But, yeah, that's cool. Well, Larry, not- Larry Nance Jr., I think, could be interesting. Landis Jr. is not a center. I didn't. Yeah, yeah he's he's a four three. Yeah. Anyway, okay, cool. All right, so yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all we had to discuss here. Uh, yeah. Overall, we're excited that Markin is gone. Um, we're excited to have sort of refilled our coffers with uh, some draft equity for the future. Uh, yes. Um, and I'm hopeful that we hold on to uh, that first round pick when it conveys. Um, personally uh i just don't want us to give up everything but whatever and then um Derek jones jr is like a nice moderate upgrade over uh troy brown jr and javante green but um he's not a long-term bull so yep. let's en- enjoy what he is and appreciate the watch fact some of those that, fun dunks yeah he's a good dunker and really overrated uh as a defender but not not terrible but in very limited minutes on a good team so hopefully we're good enough that we don't need him that much Yep. He'll play, but just not that much. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Okay, so we will touch base again if the Bulls make some sort of interesting further moves in the offseason or otherwise perhaps do some preseason chatter. Indeed. All right. Thanks, Max. Thank you, bro. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.